TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Guys and a Mic show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach answers service yesterday. A rather odd show. We got off the sports page early and often big dog wax poetic on everything from politics to the Cook County Assessor's Office and the Taxpayers Assistance Program. Today, we hope to get into a little World Series breakdown. We're going to break down in general today a little football talk preview uh some of the games coming up this weekend and NBA basketball. The slate starts in full. Plenty to talk about. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you're off to a uh, great start on this beautiful, what do we got, uh, David Olson, October 2-8? Close enough? It is the 28th, yes. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Let's bring in my uh, co-host. He declined the NBA expert invitation yesterday, but I do know he's a baseball and football expert. His name, Joel Redwanski. Let's welcome the big dog to the program. Dog, how are you? Uh, Coach, you're an absolutely fantastic. And uh, yes, I, I, I will. I don't think I'll ever be an <laughs> NBA expert. I might be a Chicago Bull expert, uh-huh. but, but that's about it. And, and I have to admit, I'm still pretty happy that the Heat are 0-1. Did they play and lose again uh, yesterday? Yeah, they did not. They okay. won yesterday. Okay. So the Heat moved up their record 50%. By the way, very quietly. I mean, I haven't watched all the ESPN sports shows. Hopefully they're talking about this. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, minus Mr. LeBron James, yeah. 95-87 to 87 over the Boston Celtics yesterday, Big Dog. The Cavaliers, victorious. That doesn't surprise me whatsoever. It doesn't. This team, the the Cleveland Cavaliers are gonna they're gonna remind a lot of people the ninety three ninety four Bulls. Remember the the year that right after Jordan retired mm-hmm. the first time. That's a good call. And everybody's like, oh, they won't even make the playoffs. Blah blah blah. They were a call away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals if if uh, Hugh Hollins wasn't so gutless. Yep. So uh, quite simply. This is going to end up being a pretty decent team. They want to prove to everybody that it wasn't a one-man show and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to have a continued run of success over the next couple of years, but this year they will play their butts off all mm-hmm. season. They're going to have a phenomenal season. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them for that exact reason, to show that you can win without the superstar young man named J.J. J. Hickson. Looks like he's going to be a star of the future, but boy. That score was a shocker. We'll get to the World Series in just a second. Here in Chicago, we root for our beloved Bulls. A lot of anticipation about the Bull 2010-2011 season, Big Dog. I don't know if you watched last night's game. Uh, callers, if you did, you want to talk a little basketball with us, we can do that. Right now at 888-463-6748. Good first half, Big Dog. Not a bad third quarter, and then the Bulls fell apart in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma City Thunder knocking them off. Did you catch the game? No, I, I did not get to watch uh, any television last night. Uh, uh, I definitely didn't get to watch any of the Chicago Bulls. And I was trying as much as I could to catch some of the World Series. It, it yep. looked like it was a phenomenal game. Got to watch all the highlights of the bat, of the of yeah. the baseball. Though. We didn't think there'd be so many hitting highlights. Let's stick no. to the... 
I was going to say, let's stick to the NBA right now. We'll get yeah. to that uh, World Series in just a second. But let me just say, um, well, a couple things on the Bulls games. First of all, Kevin Durant and Russell yeah. Westbrook, really, really, really good and really, really fun to watch. Those two guys are just outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. Those guys, they're not, like, they're 21. Yes. I mean, there's been good combos before, but they might be the best under 23 combo in the history of the NBA. Ooh. And I don't think I'm going off, uh, going on a ledge right there. I mean, those mm-hmm. guys are extremely good. Kevin Durant could end up being the MVP this season. Oh, I think he's one of the favorites, too. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. it's the, I don't think that's... that's play. You're not jumping out on too much of a limb right there, but, you know, you watch him make some of his moves. First of all, he's a ridiculous shooter, but some of those athletic moves and spin dribbles and stuff, and then you forget he's a big dude. He's like 6'9". Yeah, six, yeah, and he's got the wingspan of somebody like seven foot. I mean, he's got uh, really, really, really long arms. I love his wingspan. What's your wingspan? How is your uh, wingspan getting? I know the spine, you get shorter as age goes on, but big dog with a wingspan is your wingspan increasing in your age and years, or do you feel a decrease in your wingspan? Uh, it's, it's definitely increasing. My, my really? knuckles drag on the ground, Coach. I got some long arms. so Interesting. So your wingspan is increasing. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, short legs, uh-huh. really, really, really <laughs> big torso, long arms. So, oh boy, there's a there's a fine description for anybody downing their morning breakfast right now. <laughs> That's, but I'm proud that your wingspan is getting longer as you age, because for most of us, uh, are you taking medicine for that or is that natural? No, no, I like the scars on my knuckles. Really. Yes, it's, it's hot. So you have a naturally long wingspan. Very interesting. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting uh, waiting right now for an email from Cinemax Cindy. I'm sure she'll have some comment on your wingspan. All right. Stop getting me off track. I'm sorry, Coach. Actually, you don't have to apologize. It was myself that got myself on off track. Yeah, this time it was. Yes, it was. All right. So we've determined that Kevin Durant was. So that's a strong statement, by the way. i got to think about that. Strong statement, what you said. The best young under-23 duo. Possibly that we ever have seen in the NBA. I can't think of anybody that would mm. both play. I mean, like uh, like Kevin McHale and Larry Bird. I mm-hmm. mean, they were both really young on the Boston Celtics at the same time. I mean, obviously, right now you got to give it to them. But you know, maybe after this year or next year, you can start saying it's Russell Westbrook and, mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant. I was going to say you could have put Robert Parrish in that youngster threesome, but yeah, I forgot yeah. when Robert Parrish graduated college and was a rookie with the Celtics, I think he was like 36 years old at the time. Yeah, that that, that is true. He's been the chief basically his whole <laughs> life. And plus, he was, with the, he was with the Warriors the first couple of years of his yes. career with McHale. Yep. So. The chief, by the way, a longtime advocate of the uh, legalization of marijuana, which, by the way, if you're not following uh, your off-the-sports-page news, Big Dog, it might in the very near future be legal in California, and probably the next 49 states will be uh, falling by the wayside in the near future. Well, I've never seen anybody uh, uh, hold up, uh, like, rob somebody at gunpoint to get weed, and I've never, you know, and nobody's really yeah. ever gotten in a car accident when smoking it because it's hard to get in a car accident when you're doing three miles an hour. <laughs> it's a good point. You're preaching to the choir here. I have, uh, you know, not that it's my number one cause, but I've quietly, it's not, the most important thing out there in the world of politics, but I have quietly been a supporter of the uh, legalization of marijuana. I think it's been a long time coming. Yes, David Olson. I got, I've got to agree with Big Dog on the driving thing, and <laughs> not that I know from experience or anything like that, but one of the things that the THCs do is make you kind of paranoid, yep. which makes you extra cautious. Yes. 
So as opposed to alcohol, which is legal, which mm-hmm. for many people has the the reverse effect. Exactly. That's a good exactly. point. Now the fact that you're driving three percent and you're like two lanes over on the wrong side of the one way that that's a bit of a problem. But at least you're going slow. Yes, this is exactly. true. As you hit head on to another car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Big Dog, uh, one, one comment on the Chicago Bull. 30, first of all, Derek Rose in the first half, he made some moves to the hoop, Big Dog, that just ha- had the jaw dropping. I mean, it was unbelievable. But having said that, 31 shots, dominating the basketball, and the Bulls offense stall. If, if they're going to have the ball in his hands all the time, dribble, 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 and then, and then pass, well, the other guys aren't doing anything. Well, if the other guys get the ball, with eight seconds left on the shot clock, there's not much for them to create. So my message to Derek Rose, if you're listening, Derek, pass the damn ball. I know That's you're fantastic. good. You're going to get your shots, but pass the goddamn basketball. I'm not. I'm not really worried about a coach. He, he typically he, he's not a shoot first point guard. Yes, that, he that, is. That, that, that doesn't happen very often. Um, beg to differ. Okay. And and it's well, that, possibly possibly getting worse. That's not good for the Chicago Bulls. They need him to be a distributor. No. I mean, it, there's never been a great guard that was a shoot-first guard. I mean, point guard, that mm-hmm. is, ever in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And, Every and, single great point guard was a distributor first and foremost. That's true. That's true. Darren Williams, who is probably considered right now uh, the top guard in the NBA, he does it both. And I don't uh-huh. think he dominates the basketball that much, but... Uh, you know, it's like Derrick Rose has the ball dribbled, and then he will pass, but he's already used up like 15 seconds of the shot clock. Once in a while, get the ball, pass the ball. You don't have to hold it and dribble and create for seven or eight seconds. Once in a while, do that. That'd be my lesson if Derrick. If Derrick isn't listening, Mrs. Rose, I think, might be. By the way, Mrs. Rose, uh-huh. one of the top sports moms around. She is awesome. Yeah, she goes to every home game without yes. a doubt. And raised a great kid. I mean, Derrick Rose, he's not playing the mild-mannered, uh, soft-spoken. That's him. That's in his nature. I mean, he is a legitimate antithesis to a lot of the pro athletes out there. you got to credit uh, Mama Rose for that. I love that lady. They they got it done. Yeah, I think Derrick Rose does seem to be a pretty good kid, even mm-hmm. if somebody else did take his ACT. <laughs> good point. By the way, free throws, 47 for Oklahoma City, 22 for the Bulls. Was it bad calling, or was it the fact that uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder were attacking the basket? A uh, yes to both. Okay. They were attacking the basket, but there were times that the Bulls would stand there, and even if they're slightly moving, the the, the Oklahoma City player charging India, who's creating the contact, and the referees I think knew who Durant and Westbrook are. And uh, one time they called the charge on Durant, but for the most part, if there was contact involving those two guys, whoop, whistle. Send him to the free throw line. You can't run over people, big dog. I don't care if you are a superstar. Yeah, I, I don't like those type of calls. You got to be able. If yep. somebody has position, you know, let a little bit of the, give some credit to the defense. I mean, the, in the NBA, you get no credit if you're the if you're the defensive player. You basically yep. you have to let the guy score. You can't touch him. You can't breathe on him. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Taj Gibson, sixteen points, eleven rebounds. Joe Kim Noah, very quiet. I don't know how you do this quietly. But he got a quiet 18 points and 19 rebounds. That's good. That's really, really good. Yeah. So what was the final score, Coach? 106 to 95. But it was, it was oh, close. Man. A very misleading score because it was back and forth. Bulls are actually leading, but tight ball game for three and a half quarters, and then the Bulls 
put the ball in the hands of Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter and a couple of bad calls, and Durant and Westbrook were phenomenal. So the score a little misleading. Yeah, I do. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder is uh, my pick to challenge the Lakers in the yeah. West this year. So. Yep, yep. Very, very good team. Great place to play, too. Uh, that, that, that place was rocking and rolling. The Oklahoma City Thunder fans have clearly uh, adopted that team, got excited about it, and they're easy to get excited about because they've got so many uh, fine, fine young players. See what talks about NBA basketball? The season opening up in full yesterday. Basketball is off and running. 888-463-6748. The Miami Heat did win, and the Cavaliers shocked the Celtics. Those are the two big other stories. Big dog, it's it's rare that the World Series becomes our second lead, but uh, not that I'm not excited about it because I I do enjoy the World Series, but I don't think it's uh, you know water cooler conversation across America. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll throw you to the World Series, and I apologize that it's story number two today. Well, you don't have to apologize. It's your show, Coach. You're the one who drives the ship. But uh, it is kind of sad that you know when I was growing up, the World Series meant everything. Yep. I mean, legitimately, you would, the idea of watching an NFL game or a, or a college game on a Saturday or Sunday instead of watching the World Series was, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was sacrilegious. Now, the World Series is not going to get as good a numbers as, uh, whatever, whoever plays on Sunday night. I don't mm-hmm. think there's Sunday night football this week, though, but it, if it was matched up versus the World Series, the football would win. I think there is, is, I think there is Sunday night football this week. Okay. Yeah. How, let me ask you this. How many, 12 to, uh, let's say, 10 to 15-year-old kids came home early yesterday to get their homework done so they could watch the opening game of the World Series like we okay. used to. Well, when, and it didn't even matter if a Chicago team was playing it. Oh, they never did play it when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, I, I would have to say 25% of all uh, boys, yeah, at least 25%, got, made sure they got their homework done uh, and they watched it with their pops. I'm like more than that. Watched it with their pops, but you know, at least one out of four kids made it a gigantic priority. Uh, now think... I'm going to say one out of twenty kids, maybe nowadays, yep. will actually make watching the World Series a, a giant priority. Yep, that's that pretty much sums it up. And that that's the future generation of baseball watchers. So as a as a baseball fanatic and fan, does that bother you that the young kids maybe not as into Major League Baseball, and it, it might even fade more in the future? Well, it could. Every sport is going to fade a little bit, Coach, because you, you got to think about when when baseball was king when you were growing up. What was it? Boxing. Yep. And what else was there? Maybe uh, like football was starting to get some stuff. Basketball was nowhere even on the radar. You know, and then you know, like twenty, thirty, forty years later, you know, you're talking about uh, you know, you got basketball, hockey. Football, you know, at, at its peak levels, maybe basketball not at its peak. And then you got other sports uh, like all the skateboarding and, and extreme sports, and like those kids, like if, it, if a sport has a ball, it's not even fun to those kids. And then you also have like UFC making this ridiculous surge. No sports league has ever, ever grown with a growth that uh, the UFC has grown over the last four or five years. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to continue, and eventually one day football will hit its peak. And that will, like, we'll look back one day and be like, wow, football isn't as big as it once was. It, it, that's just the way sports are, Coach. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't bother me. 
as long as I can watch baseball, as long as there's a 162-game season, I can care less what other people think about it. Very solid historical perspective, ladies and gentlemen, from the big dog Joel Radwanski, our baseball historian and trivia expert here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. 888-463-6748. You want to talk some World Series baseball? Giants and the Texas Rangers, supposed to be a phenomenal pitching duel in the opening game. Cliff Lee against Timmy Lensicombe. Are you kidding me? Both? pitchers off their game big dog particularly the previously unhittable cliff lee explain a por favor the giant victory 11 to 7 with the great pitchers there well uh cliff lee gave up a couple runs in the third and you know he broke bats and there are a bunch of bleeding hits and you know that to basically really kind of tip your hat and say hey this is baseball you don't normally give us get a shutout every time you go out but the the fifth inning i was watching the highlights and heard what cliff lee was saying it's Quite simply, he's just throwing the ball down the middle. He kept missing, and he kept missing right down the heart of the plate, and they were just crushing the ball all over the place. So, you know, it's not like he choked. You can't say, oh, well, he gets in the World Series and he choked. I mean, the guy's been dominant in the World Series. He had a bad inning, and the, and the Giants took advantage of it. He, yeah. You know, the Giants right now are doing whatever it takes to win baseball games. And, you know, they were my pick to win the, the, win the series, and it looks really good now. You'd have to say, I know it's only one game. But uh, I think the Rangers, every time like the Rangers were figuring out how they were going to win this series, Cliff Lee going 2-0 and was in the equation. Or 3-0. So or, or possibly, yeah. But I, yeah, he's uh, them going three starts with the other starters they have, I don't know if it would be possible. I guess you'd have to put Tommy Hunter in, yeah. the, in the fifth of game five, but that's uh, another conversation altogether. I can guarantee you this, if the thing goes seven games, somehow, some way, Cliff Lee is going to find his way into game seven. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, coach. If he, you know, he pitches game five, it'll, it'll just be like the old, uh, uh, like uh, the Randy Johnson deal, mm-hmm. you know, where he he ends up pitching basically in three games in the World Series, even though he only started two. So, Freddie Sanchez, big game. He had three doubles, I think, at least a couple of them off uh, off a of Cliff Lee. Juan Uribe continues to be one of the hitting stars for. I love the names of the San Francisco hitters. Rejects Row. It's kind of a group of misfits, but they continue to get the job done. Uribe had a big game. I still pick Texas to win the World Series. I think it's the Rangers' year, big dub. But the Giants, they got some magic going, and Sanchez and Uribe led the way yesterday. Yeah, that's exactly what I call it. Was uh, baseball magic? Yeah, you, Pablo Sandoval. You know, they, they, you got him. You got Juan Uribe. They go with Juan Uribe because uh, he's had a little bit, a little bit of success against Cliff Lee. Mm-hmm. It, it works out. I mean, right now, Bruce Bochy, who's I'm, I'm not a big fan of, to, to be quite honest with you. To me, he just seems like a, a pain in the ass. But you know. Uh, <laughs> I really do. I had I've dealt with him at Nike Town more than once. Coach. By the way, has the anybody human being has anybody ever seen Bruce Bochy, an ex comedian? I'm calling him ex because he's not funny anymore. An ex comedian Dennis Miller at the same time. If you watch those two guys, extreme lookalikes. Just thought I'd mention that as a sidelight. Thank you, you very much. So? Continue your thought. You think so? Yes. I don't, I don't think so. That yeah. Miller's still funny. I've ne- no. I've never seen a guy, to me, personally, make such a U-turn from, li- maybe it's politics a little bit of it, but from a liberal, fast, quick-witted, energetic, uh, young, radical, outside the box, and, and funny, and really intelligent, and he's gone completely to the conservative, smarmy, conceited, unlikable, and not funny. Just a personal opinion, but I've never seen a guy make a U-turn like that. 
Ever? I, ever, yeah, ever, yeah. ever. Well, I'm trying to think of a, of a Hollywood person that I've liked at one point and then just I completely. Howie Mandel was absolutely hilarious. And I don't think that guy's made me laugh in 20 years. See, I'm going to almost take an opposite approach on that. The the early Howie Mandel, I was not a big fan. I liked the, the little bit more mature, staid humor of post Hollywood Mandel. So I, I mean, obviously it's all personal opinion, but I disagree with you on Howie. You liked him in his early years, huh? Oh yeah, but I was a kid. You know, he put the rubber glove on his head, blew it up. I mean, that was hysterical. You know, so. <laughs> Yes, David. Well, with Dennis Miller, he saw where the money was and he followed it. See, that's because because if you listen to his radio show, the old Dennis is still in there, but he does ramp up the uh, right wing rhetoric because that that's where the money is and that, that, that's where he's making his cash these days. But I do agree with you because I was a I've seen Dennis Miller several times in concert, and there was a marked difference in between when I saw him in the summer of 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Navy Pier, and then I saw him three years later in Las Vegas, and it was, it was, it was completely different. I mean, he he went so far right; it was unbelievable. Forgetting about the politics, how about the humor? Funnier when he was younger? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, because he it became much, much more political. Okay, it became much, much more political and wasn't mm-hmm. as funny. Right. And as a matter of fact, like one of one of my friends. That was there because we saw him in Las Vegas for my during my bachelor party. That was one of the nights out we went and saw Dennis Miller. One of my friends uh, who happens to be Latino got up and walked out. He's like, "This guy's an unbelievable racist. I'm leaving," and he left. I don't know. Big dog between Dave's bachelor party story with Dennis Miller and your yesterday bachelor party story with Jenna Jameson. I'm hanging around you more on bachelor parties. Well, that wasn't a bachelor party. <laughs> well, yeah, it was the equivalent thereof. Basically, it it was a bachelor party, except he wasn't getting married, and it involved his wife. (laughs) (laughs) His girlfriend. That's another issue. Well, whatever, just a minor difference. But anyhow, you were told, I just thought Dennis Miller and Bruce Bochy. So you're not a big uh, Bruce Bochy manager of the uh, the Frisco uh, 49ers fan. I've actually brought this up before. I've brought it up before here on uh, uh, two, Two Guys in a Mic. Bruce Bochy, two different times, coming into Nike Town, a complete jerk. Complete jerk, hmm. arrogant, conceited. What is? I mean, the, the guy was a jerk. So uh, it's very difficult for me to root for the Giants, even though I did pick them to win the World Series. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that because I've said this many times. And for those new listeners to the program, Big Dog used to be a shoe salesman to the stars at Nike Town. We used to have a segment called Close Encounters of a Shoe Kind. But I'm a big believer, truly, that you can tell the, the real character of a person by how they treat service personnel it's a little thing it's not a big thing but but little things are the hinges upon which great things occur it's very indicative so the fact that he treated you like that to me is not a small thing it's very indicative of the true character Just, yeah he, he was he was smug and arrogant is the best way i guess and you know i dealt with a lot of people over there you know and it's like yep. I, I didn't want to get it all into it but it's funny you said i went out with a, a on a date with a girl about six months ago and she started like yelling at the waiter over something stupid. Yep. yep. I never talked to her again. I legitimately never talked to this woman. And we were having a blast up until then. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I saw that side of her, and I'm like, "Well, that could be me one day." Yep. Getting yelled at like that, so I had a. I, I told well, basically said, "I'm never going to see you again." It's one of the most underrated. Uh, if you're a single out there dating, that that's especially for a girl. See how a guy handles the waiter or the waitress or the person parking the car. It's a, definitely a significant, if not tiny, window 
into the personality of the person and his future as well. Yes, I couldn't agree more, Coach. Yeah, I'm right. 100%. Get back to the World Series. So you, you, uh, why do we even bring up Bruce Bochy? Because you said he looked like Dennis Miller. No, but you had a contest. You context. You brought up Bruce Bochy, but at any rate, you think the. Oh, I just uh, said I'm not a big fan of him as all. Okay. I think I thought you, I thought you just brought it up. No big deal. All right, but you're uh, picking the Giants to knock off Texas. Now, rejects row to come through. Yeah, it's it's, it's really amazing. You, know, you, you if a guy can catch the baseball, and you know, and if you get great pitching, and a guys that that are batting just willing to do whatever it takes for them to to get the job done for that particular inning, whatever the team needs. You can win baseball games. You can win a lot of them. As a matter of fact, you can win the last four of the season, which is, uh, you know, all it takes to be a world champion coach. Mm-hmm. Matt Kane on the mound, game two. It's a best of seven. It's a long one, so don't get uh, too excited about an opening game victory. I think this thing's going to go six or seven. Game two mm-hmm. tonight, big dog Matt Kane taking on C.J. Wilson. Tell the listeners a little bit about the pitching matchup today, and even if you don't know, make something up. Well, uh, I, I do know, but it's more funny when I make something up. They like to work quickly. They both like to keep the ball down in the zone. They like to keep hitters off balance. So, really? Yes. Do they uh, Do they like to get ahead in the count? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Coach. Wow. Love to pitch ahead in the count. Shocking. C.J. Wilson is one of them soft-tossing uh, lefties. Well, not exactly soft-tossing, but, you know, he's like a crafty lefty. And uh, Matt Cain is a power pitcher with the sinker. You know, okay. he just pounds you with, uh, you know, 96, 98-mile-an-hour mm-hmm. All right, so an interesting contrast, too. But both of them have been very successful. But Matt Cain, really, over the last month of the season, one of the best pitchers in baseball. C.J. Wilson, not quite that dominant, but he's getting better. In his last uh, very important game in the playoffs, he came up with a big pitching performance of two hot pitchers. Do you expect a lower score tonight, Big Dub? Well, I, I do. I, I expect a 4-3, to 3-2 three, three to game. I definitely don't expect 18 runs to be scored again, and I don't think we're going to get that again in this series. Uh, it's funny with the, like one of the great pitching matches in the history of the World Series that uh, you know neither one had good stuff and they're battling just to get out of the fifth inning. So, uh, uh, but I, I do expect lower scoring games the rest of the way, coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think tonight you you might see like a one nothing or two to one game. Hopefully it'll be close. Hopefully it'll be classic again. I don't even know who I'm rooting for. I picked the Rangers, but the big dog. I'd love to see it go to Game Seven in the World Series. Two of the favorite words. Uh, in the English Dictionary, Game 7. Mm. Oh, I'm with you on that, Coach. And uh, the, the Rangers will have they, – they changed the order. In order to have Jonathan Sanchez, he pitched between Kane and Lincecum in the last series, and yeah. now he's pitching after them, it was, which is a little strange considering – well, I know there's more righties in the Rangers lineup, but it, just to have Josh Hamilton in the middle of the order, you'd almost – I mean, he, he's so good right now that you would think that they will go with the mm-hmm. lefty in Game 2. All right, World Series fans, baseball fans, you want to check in? Big Dog and a Coach here at your service. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. You can give us a call at 888-463-6748. We'll get you on right now. Talk some sports with the Big Dog and the Coach. I thought it was interesting, Dog, and I had almost forgotten about this, but Benji Molina started the season with the San Francisco Giants. He got traded, what, in End of June? Uh, about, yeah, June 15th or so, right around that. Yeah, and he got traded to the Texas Rangers, so Benji Molina comes back yesterday, and it was kind of nice. I didn't see it, but apparently the San Francisco fans uh, gave him a very good ovation, appreciation for a lot of great years. But kind of weird that Benji Molina now playing in the World Series against the team he played for. Yeah, yeah isn't it? It's also strange that no matter what, he's going to get a World Series ring, whoever wins. Well, that's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. 
So even if the Giants win, they'll he'll probably well he'll get voted a share, but you think he'll get a ring? Yeah, he's going to get a ring because he was on the team and he legitimately helped them yeah, win that's games. True. So that's an interesting concept. Did they? Did they? Are you coming up with that, or did they mention that on the air? Um, I actually read it on Yahoo yesterday. That's, I haven't got to watch any huh. anything on baseball, so. Interesting. Has that happened before in World Series history? I have no idea, Coach. I'm, I'm sure it's had to happen. There had to been there had to been a trade involving the two uh, World Series participants in the, in, over the course of a year. It's had to happen, and I will try to find out mm-hmm. before right. it's, uh, before tomorrow's show. That's an interesting concept. So either way, Benji Molina is going to. They better make that ring big. By the way, that guy's got thick fingers. Yeah, bad yes. bad wingspan, but uh, thick fingers. And talk about a trade that has helped both teams. Buster Posey has Woo. been the the spark plug, the cog yeah. that has uh, like pushed and propelled the, mm-hmm. the the Giants to where they're at. And 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 Benji Molina was like that last piece, you know, that gritty and gutter gutty, you know, Kesha that they needed mm-hmm. in order to uh, you know get them over the top. So if it wasn't for that trade, neither one of these teams would be in the World Series right now. It's a good point. Good point. Win-win situation, and Benji Molina came up with some big hits in the uh, first two playoff rounds, and still, to me, the highlight of the 2010 baseball season thus far is Benji Molina stealing second base in that playoff baseball game. That was outstanding sports theater. I was washing my hair at that time, but I really <laughs> wish I was able to see that, Coach. Uh, I, mean, I mean, are you kidding me? How often yeah. do you see a Molina steal a base? Well, by the time he left first base, you could have taken a bath, washed your hair, dried off, and then gonna watch, and you would have caught the end of the steal. Yeah, and still the other team didn't. They, they were like, they probably because he no, he can't be running. That's an optical <laughs> illusion, right? Back, is he really stealing? Is that how he got there? That's it. Had yeah, it. the element of surprise. All right, we'll take quick break as we head to a, a break, Big Dog. I do want to remind you as we finish up a little baseball talk here that Chicago Cub convention tickets are on sale starting today, Jan fourteenth to sixteenth at the Hilton Regency or Hyatt Regency. In case you're interested, I can hook you up with some Cub Convention tickets. Uh, I'm sure, Coach, please. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you might be busy, but you really want those. I'll, I'll get you a couple. Uh, is that a weekend? Of course. Well, I'll be watching football. I'm afraid I won't be able to do All right. Well, I thought so. All right. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute. David Olson, our producer. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com back of the two guys and a mic show big dog and a coach at your service up until 11 o'clock five days a week one hour a day five in total by the way our one-year contract is due up in the near future big dog hopefully hopefully we'll be reinstated for a second year um 
The odds might be against us, but we can always hope for it. Uh, I, I think David Olson's rooting against us, to be quite honest. Really? Because I, I asked David to write a reference for us. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he did a lot of writing. I was assuming it was good, but maybe I better – you think I, I should, like, proofread what he wrote before he gives it to the general manager, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting? Coach, coach, if, if you're the last person on the planet I'd want <laughs> editing anything, okay? I'm not talking about the spelling and the punctuation. I'm talking about content. You can deal with the spelling and punctuation and all the idiocy things. I'll deal with the meat and potatoes of it. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're, okay. the, you're the only man who puts a comma after the word and. Not a big fan. I, I think comma, commas are overrated, and I hate semicolons. Well, i got to tell you, comas are definitely overrated. I don't know about commas. No, comas are underrated. Commas are overrated. It's amazing what an M can be. Still have major issues with my English teacher, particularly Mr. Schwalbeck. Set my educational career back many, many years. You're too sensitive, Coach. You're, you're bringing up deep wounds, Big Doug, and you shouldn't do that in the middle of a show. I'm sorry. All right, 888-463-674. If there's one way to heal deep wounds on this show, nothing. Heals us better than a little football talk. Tomorrow is Football Friday here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. No Bears game this weekend, Big Doe, but still a quality slate of college football. A, a big weekend of NFL football. We'll do it all tomorrow. We'll preview it a little bit today. College football, by the way, some big games. Oklahoma or uh, Missouri, their second consecutive big game. They're traveling to Nebraska. I think that's the game of the week. What do you think? Nebraska is going to handle Missouri. Ooh. Uh, uh, there's going to be there's a couple really 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 good games, Coach. So uh, that I can I can appreciate what you're saying there. That's going to end up being a pretty good football game, I think. But yeah. uh, the, over the over the whole landscape of college football, there's a lot of good games this week. At Nebraska, that's going to, the Nebraska fans have not. I don't want to say rediscovered football because they live breathe football out there, but they've rediscovered the. Uh, Top ten, shall we say, the the great winning tradition of Cornhusker football. I know they've got one slip up this season, but they'll be ready. I, I agree with you. I think they'll they'll beat Missouri. Give us a couple other uh, good games the fans might want to keep an eye on. Uh, number one overall in the BCS, Alabama. Woo! Uh, Alabama, excuse me, Auburn. Auburn goes into Mississippi. Watch out for an upset there. Really? Watch out for the upset. Yes, Old Miss beating Auburn. Okay. Another then, another number one could get knocked off. Yes, and if it sounds like a duck, it quacks like a duck, mm-hmm. it's probably the Oregon Ducks, and they will be playing a USC. That's going to be a really good game, considering that USC is extremely talented like a typical USC team is, and they're not going to go to a bowl game. So they're looking at this, this like their national championship game. It's interesting. And you can be sure the Oregon coaches are reminding their players of that very thing. Yes, you got guarantee they are. Yeah. Guarantee they are. So. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What's the over and under points in that game? Probably about 80? Actually, I haven't seen it, but uh, I, I would bet you it's at, it's at 70, which makes you know which makes sense. I think USC's going to be able to slow down Oregon a little bit because they're athletic enough in order to, to run with Oregon, and they've got really good defensive linemen. Which So I don't see Oregon putting up. 45 points on USC, coach, is the best way for me to say it. So far this year, the only way to slow down the Oregon Duck offense has been to call timeout. That's yes. about it. Yes, it's 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 awesome. They have uh, the signs on the sideline, and the the team, instead of going to the huddle, they run up and get in a formation. They all turn their heads yeah. at the sideline, look at the play, and then they snap the ball. 
and there's 22 seconds left in the shot clock. Or shot, yeah. play clock. I mean, their entire awesome. offense, it's like watching the last minute of anybody else's offense. The, the sense of urgency, the hurriedness, and uh, at times the defensive unit gets tired because the Oregon offense, they score too quick. Yeah, guys laying down on the field thinking that they got cramps in order to <laughs> slow the offense down, and I'm not kidding. That, that's happened a lot to Oregon this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's it's really interesting to see how they play. They don't slow down. They keep going. And Reese Davis, play-by-play guy uh, for the Thursday night games, was like, you know, uh, this Oregon offense is phenomenal. We want to show you uh, replays of what's going on, but we can't because they're snapping the ball again. <laughs> and, you know, so. They had 58 plays in the first half wow. against against UCLA. How does that 58 plays in a half on offense? That's mind-boggling, Coach. Michigan State uh, taking on Iowa. Great game in the Big Ten. Second yes. big home game in a row for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Can they do it again? Michigan State's been living dangerously as well. So both both teams have been kind of living on the edge, Big Doug. Which team uh, stays on the ledge or which team falls off? I'm going to have to go with Iowa in this game, Coach. I know they lost a close battle to Wisconsin last week, but mm-hmm. uh, no hangover here. They still have a chance at the Big Ten Championship. If they beat Michigan State, they can share the the title. They still have a good chance of sharing it. So I would have to say, yeah, they're, uh, it, it's, I like Iowa in this game. Don't love okay. them, but like them. A lot of other uh, Big Ten teams, specifically Wisconsin, Ohio State, and who am I missing? We'll be rooted for the Iowa Hawkeyes because if Iowa knocks off Michigan State, then your Big Ten championship is wide open once again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That Ohio State will have to beat Iowa, and then you know Wisconsin still has a chance of slipping up. They're uh, not a big one, but they still have a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if Michigan State's undefeated, then they're going to end up being uh, the Big Ten champ, and they'll have a, a legitimate shot at playing in the BCS championship game if they can beat Iowa here, Coach. Interesting. Because then they have the Purdue. In Minnesota, and let's face it, they would be gigantic upsets right now if either one of those teams yep. can beat uh, Michigan State. And then they would have to go to Penn State. And this year, Michigan State, they'll be favored in the remaining games of the season if, if they can get by Iowa. Interesting. About that time of college football, we're certainly not near the end yet, but it's positioning time. We often use horse racing as an analogy to sports. They are uh, entering the, the turn where the horses start to position themselves for the stretch run. It's a key part of a horse race. It's a key part of the season. Some of those games are going to be really interesting to watch. I think an underrated game dog, see if you're with me here. I know Tennessee is down, but uh, who's the, the coach? Vince Dooley's son, right? Derek Dooley? Yeah, Derek Dooley. David coach. Dooley, one of the flying Dooley brothers. Um, I think Tennessee at South Carolina might be the game of the Saturday. I think Tennessee's going to give them a battle. South Carolina pulls it out, but I think that's going to be a great game to watch. Well, if you're a bet man out there, take that one to the bank because South Carolina's uh, an 18-point favorite over Tennessee. I'll take the volunteers in the 18. Thank you very much. Okay, that is, uh, that's I actually considered doing that game. I, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you, which is probably a bad idea <laughs> uh, right now. Yeah. So, uh Say that that's not going to help you out at all. But yeah, that could end up being a pretty good game, Coach. I'm hoping it does. Tennessee's a lot more talented than than people would have thought. A lot more talented. Yeah. New coach, new program. They're just got to turn things around a little bit. Great tradition of Tennessee football. So that'll be uh, fun to watch. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Of course, football Friday. Very exciting. We'll make our beat the schmoes football predictions. I'm sizzling hot, big dog. Sizzling. I don't know if I can keep it up. Maybe I should take the day off tomorrow. To keep the streak going, but uh, you know the World Series. I picked Texas and the Giants three and zero last week. I beat the Schmoes, so uh, I will attempt to keep the streak alive. And what advice would you give 
for our forlorn producer, David Olson, who is mired in a streak of four consecutive one and twos. Any advice, psychological or otherwise, you could give him? Find the best home underdog. That's the best way to do it. Take a home team getting points. That's the, the, the best team. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Just whoever is the best team that happens to be a home underdog, that's the best and safest way to get out of a, out of a slump. That's good advice. Solid advice. We are not a gambling show, by the way. We simply play it for fun. Beat the Schmoes. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We play Beat the Schmoes. We'll do it tomorrow, NFL Football Sunday. Big Dog, the team that you love so much, your Chicago Bears off for the bye week. Any advice for the team? I noticed they're taking – I thought this was weird. They took Monday and Tuesday off this week. They come back for Wednesday and Thursday workouts, of which Jay Cutler, by the way, was excused from Wednesday's practice. Okay, well. But but they're taking a three-day weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then they'll come back Monday next week. Too much time off, or, or am I overplaying that in the world of professional sports? You know what? I, I, I'm going to let coaches decide that because some coaches keep them there the whole time, and then they, you know, they end up laying an egg the next bye week. And some coaches I've seen, like I remember the year with uh, when Green Bay won the Super Bowl in '96, Holmgren gave them the whole week off. That ended up working out for the Packers that particular year. They hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. So I, I always leave that in the hands of, of, of the coaching staff. Every team is a little bit different. I'm not talking about organization. I mean, like every team has like the 2010 Bears are totally different than the 2009 Bears and what they would have needed at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I hate to give you the wishy-washy answer, Coach, but I want to say I don't know. That's up to Lovey Smith. If they lose to the Buffalo Bills, they had too much time off. If they beat the Buffalo Bills, they had the right amount of time off. How about that? That's solid. At about 3.30 on October 31st. <laughs> okay. That's or solid. November or whatever. You want to talk some football with us? Brief moment in time here. 888-463-6748. The big dog and the coach. Two guys and a mic. NFL football Sunday, I believe. This game is in, correct me if I'm wrong. I know it's over. Is it in London? San yes, Francisco? Yes, the Denver uh, yeah. the 49er game. Yeah, in London? Yes, it is. And you know Troy Smith will be starting yes. for the San Francisco 49ers. Alex and Smith I, the, is out, and Troy Smith, who was the ex-Ohio State quarterback, did he win a Heisman? Yes, in 2006 he okay. won the Heisman coach. And Singletary's bringing him in, A, because Alex Smith is hurt, but B, he says Troy Smith has that it factor, that leadership, that ability to win, and uh, the 49ers need that so much right now. So that'll be interesting. Troy Smith making his debut in London, England. Make sure to go to Chi-Town Mix. I talk about that stuff. Uh, It's some pretty good stuff, Coach. Mm -hmm. Is there a bar, if there's any fans listening in London right now, maybe they cannot attend the game, is there a London bar you could recommend for the fans to go watch a 49er Denver football in beautiful London? Yeah, Coach, believe it or not, (laughs) you can watch it in your home. The BBC, well, definitely that game will be on television. Okay. Really? There, there's no doubt it'll be on. So they, the Sunday night and Monday night games, which are like at like four, five o'clock in the morning over there, they play those games uh, on the BBC television. American football is a little bit bigger in England and Germany than you would suspect, Coach. Mm-hmm. They, they love the sport, and uh, uh, obviously, you know, football is the most important to them as opposed to American football. Uh, but, but there are there are venues, and believe it or not, you can. Probably find a Dallas Cowboy bar, uh, uh, San Francisco 49er bar, Chicago Bear bar, New York Giant bar. You can mm-hmm. Redskin bar. You can probably find those teams where you could every single 
Sunday night there, late Sunday night, you can go to one of these bars and actually watch the game. Well, there's actually that's a bit, American football is a little bigger than people might realize overseas. That's why I'm asking the expert. Mm-hmm. Very, very nicely done. How about Jets taking on Green Bay? Interesting match up there. The Jets have been off for a couple of weeks. You would think, big dog, the Packers getting a major momentum surge from pulling out that last game. Uh, I think the Jets favored by maybe five, six points. Just to preview ahead again, tomorrow's a football Friday. We'll get into it. But I thought that was kind of an intriguing matchup. Do you think the Packers can pull off, if you want to call it, an upset? I think the Jets are going to handle the Packers this week. Uh, the, the Packers are protecting Aaron Rodgers a lot better than than they were at the beginning of the season and definitely dramatically better than last year. But they they still have problems protecting the quarterback, and that's one team. That's the issue you do not want to have. And since, I mean, the Jets have a great run defense and the Packers can't run the ball at all, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play almost a perfect game in order for uh, for the Packers to win. I mean, he's going to have to throw the ball 50 times against that team. You do not want to do that against the Jets. You've got to figure out a way to get some balance, or else Rodgers is going to get killed. Pittsburgh taking on New Orleans. I could be wrong, but I think that's a Sunday night game, which would mean it would be in direct conflict with the World Series, a little bit of an oddity, NFL versus Major League Baseball straight ahead it's gonna be interesting if that's true big dog the um ratings the tv ratings that's gonna be interesting isn't it yeah it is and as a uh, you're in your exactly right there definitely is a sunday night game this week pretty marquee game the steelers at new orleans take a gander if you would david olson you as well we know football is king in america now it's still the world series sunday would be what game four Okay, so it's not going to be a deciding game. TV ratings, the World Series versus regular season Sunday night football. Am I right in assuming that NFL football will win that? Or maybe not? I'm I'm saying yes. NFL will win. It's a bit of an indictment, isn't it? It's sad. I mean, I'm going to be watching the World Series. Mm-hmm. But I'll be watching the World Series change into the NFL every single commercial. I'm not going to watch any commercials that particular night, right. but, yeah, it's it's too bad. Right. Well, I mean, uh, and it's a heck of a game, too. Steelers at New Orleans. New Orleans definitely this week's or this year's schizophrenic team. Uh, if you were to sit down in a chair in the psychologist's office, Big Dog, try to analyze New Orleans, how would you do that? And more specifically to any fans that might be picking that game this week, is it going to be good Saint or bad Saint showing up against Pittsburgh? Uh, I guess you're going to have to say they're going to, they'll be awake. They'll be ready to play the game, so I'll have to say it's good Saints. But, you know, this year, you know, even the good Saints haven't played all that well. They don't have much of a running game. They're not tackling like they were last year. And and, and then then again, you know, they've looked brilliant at times this year. So it's a tough call, Coach, but you got to figure Sunday night at home, playing against a team that everybody's calling the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, mm-hmm. the Saints got to come out ready to play, right? You would think so. A lot of people are saying the whole Reggie Bush thing is affecting it, you know, even though his stats aren't that great, the teams don't have to game plan and be aware. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's true or not, but some people are using that as a, if you want to call it, quote, unquote, an excuse. It is an excuse. That's because, you know, the Pierre Thomas is also out. But I do I do agree. It's like the Reggie Bush is such a factor. He's so good. I know his numbers might not be all that incredible, but he's a threat. Every single time he touches the ball, and they use him in so many different ways that uh, 
it is a big reason that they're having this discussion. There it is. Big dog wax and poetic. A little bit on football. We'll get more of that. We'll saturate it for one hour tomorrow on a football Friday show. Make our beat the schmoes. Football predictions. Very, very exciting. Big dog, let me remind you, by the way, that uh, next Tuesday, next Tuesday is election day. I don't know if you've made your final decisions yet. We certainly don't want you to disclose how you'll be balloting, but uh, do your research and be ready because a big day next Tuesday, and I know here on the show, we will have an election day special. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, are you prepared? Or are you still a little indecided on some of the voting? Um, no, I'm going to vote the same way I always do, Coach. Well, you're going to vote for the best candidate, right? Not just one party. Yeah, I vote Libertarian straight through. Libertarian? Yeah. I've, you know, you, this is news to you. I've <laughs> said this every single election since I've met you. Roll with me, or it's a bit on the show, will you, please? Oh, my uh, fault. First of all, before we talk about the candidate, describe again specifically. There's some fans out there that might be the ad libertarian. What specifically does the libertarian believe in? The libertarian, basically, uh, the fiscally conservative, socially uh, liberal. So, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Well, that's pretty easy. I mean, most people. I would say if you, you know, how many people want to be fiscally conservative and socially liberal? I'm going to guess that's 61% of the American contingent. So it can't be that simple. That, that's basically what it is, Coach. Uh, they, they legitimately do whatever they can to lower taxes. They don't give handouts to, uh, mm-hmm. to corporations, uh, that type of stuff. Well, if you so, lower taxes, this is one of my problems as we uh, delve into a little sports guys talk politics here. You want to... Delve with us. You can join us at 888-463-6748. One of my problems with some of the more conservative candidates is they have that approach. Well, you know, we need to cut, you know, cut down on the taxes and not spend more money, yada, yada, yada. But they're not being specific. Well, with the huge deficit we have, exactly what programs Uh, do you plan on cutting? How about this? Why don't we just get people elected that don't have slush funds with our tax money, and then that, yeah. and we could probably drop our taxes by about eighty yeah. percent and still get as much done that we do. Well, I'm with you on that, and I think seventy-eight point five percent of our listening audience is with you on that also. And the other, and the other twenty-one point five percent work for the United States government. No, nineteen point eight percent. The other one point seven are still trying to figure out your Steelers New Orleans prediction. No, I don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So as simple as that, but you know what I'm saying? For the Libertarian Party or, you know, fiscally conservative, that's easy to say. But like in our fine state of Illinois, we got a governor running, Bill Brady, who's saying he wants to lower the taxes and, you know, not vote for the tax increase, period, period, period. Well, Bill, what uh, what programs exactly will be cut to reduce? Like, what, how about this? Uh, programs for the arts. The idea of paying somebody to create artwork is asinine. Okay. All great artwork in the history of mankind was created by a starving artist. Okay. If you want to create art, I'm trying to create art. I know it's on film, but I'm not getting paid, uh, getting a government check to say, hey, go out and make goofy football predictions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, other people might be, but, I, you know, I'm not getting them. Oh, by the way, that did change because mm-hmm. I did lose a lot last week, and I- the Obama bailout one is coming. So I- I think kinda- you're going to like this one, Coach, my next uh, recap. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm certainly not going to reduce a whole bunch from the budget, but it's an interesting – it came up in a recent family discussion talking about uh, charitable contributions and giving to the arts. And you hate to criticize anybody who's going to give of their own money. 
is a charitable contribution. I got into this a little bit, Big Dog. It's kind of sensitive. But I tried to criticize as gently as I could a fellow member of the family who was giving it the arts. I'm like, the arts? You got disease, you got cancer, you got poverty, you got you know people dying. There's so many wonderful charities to help the sick and the disadvantaged. Why would we give to the arts? And he explained to me, well, the arts is you know part of enjoying life and it does enrich life, etc. But that's it's an interesting quandary. But so so that's your number one proposal. If you run as the Libertarian candidate, you will cut. I would cut a lot more than that, Coach. Well, I hope so, because cutting the budget for the arts. That would would just be the first thing that I would cut. The idea of paying somebody to create artwork is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm with you. I am also a big fan of starving artists, by the way. I'm one of them right now, legitimately starving. Yeah, well, you're not exactly an artist, but you're starving. But I think starving artists, if they would tune into our show, I think we'd be big in the starving artist community. Coach, you got to think about what art really is. This radio show is art. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You're an artist, right. Coach. Thank you. David Olson? No. David Olson doesn't know you're not an artist, Coach. I thought David was going to take a cheap shot at starving artists. Well, no, I mean, it, 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 when you, you funding for the arts is very, <laughs> very broad. It's not just, you know, paying starving artists and everything like that. It's for public artworks. It's for museums. It's for... You know, public beautification. That's just, I mean, you're looking at a very, you have a very, very narrow view of actually what it is and actually what mm-hmm. it uh, encompasses. Life is much simpler, so by the way, really when you have a narrow way. view. It's a really good way to, to give one of your friends a $100,000 a year job to figure out how to beautify the city of Chicago. So that's a really good way to do it. But that, that usually comes out of the, the, the art, art department. If you notice, the new parking meters, they're a lot more aesthetic than the old ones. Oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? Those boxes <laughs> on there? Yeah. Uh, well, my point is, no matter <laughs> what program you say you're going to cut, it's not as cut and dried as just saying, oh, that's a waste right. of money. Let's, oh, I totally let's, agree let's with you on that one, Dave. Yeah, you're yeah. 100% right. But, 100%. There's, right. but that's the crux of the problem, Big Dog, is everybody, you know, the conservatives, the right wing wants to, cut the budget and cut the deficit and not raise taxes, well, that's fine. Be specific. And whatever you suggest, if you dare dare to get specific, it's going to hurt somebody. You're going to create negativity. So that's that's the issue I have with uh, libertarians like yourself. You upset me. Okay, well, I could, if you wanted the whole list, I would say cut, 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 everything. You, you name yeah. it, I would say we should cut it, and the government shouldn't have to be paying for it. I would much rather have money in the people's hands instead of the government's hands, considering that it yeah. ends up getting really, really dirty. Okay, I would much rather have, uh, well, however, how much Dave Olson pays in taxes, I think you'd mm-hmm. be much better off deciding what to do with the money than the United States government. Sounds good. I don't good think the government is smarter than any yeah, of us. Sounds good in theory. It's much no, like no, the no, Chicago. It, it sounds good in reality. Coach. No, I'm not so sure about that. It's, it's so, much like what, the don't even. I, I'm going to get angry. Seriously, I don't, this is the idea that you really think the government could spend your money better than you. I really worry I, about I, you. I didn't say that. I oh, didn't well, say you, that. You, but you think the government is smarter than me? No. Nope. What, what I should do don't, with my money? Don't put words in my mouth. I'm just saying that what you said is I'd rather you know have the money in the, the hands of the people than the government. Sometimes it's a little more. It's not quite as panaceic. 
as that might oh, no, be. It, when you put the hands in the that. money of the people, some of those people gain power, and the people that aren't in power have no say. And sometimes you, you need an agency government. to step in. And maybe that agency is called government. Oh, maybe no, it's no, called no. something else. Come sometimes you need somebody to step in and protect. The most corrupt people in the world. It's, you're, it's asinine what you're saying. And everybody, was, we need a government to come help bail us out I, and make sure everything's right. Those are the most corrupt people in this country. It's, you're putting words. I, I didn't say that we have to give all the money to the government and the government solves all the problem. I simply was saying the environment that you're painting is not always as panoramic and panaceic. Not even sure if panaceic is a word, but it fits the bill here as you're making it out to be. Oh, all but, I know is this is right now. This has been one of the most difficult economic times in the history of America, yeah. and at no time has Americans ever paid more taxes than right now. Yeah, remember, okay. big dog, in, in, and, and it keeps getting worse. It, it got Bush was raising taxes, you know, uh, and, uh, and Obama. Everything, every there's a new program for everything. We always have to have some type of program to solve something, and all it does is just spend more of our money, more red tape, and doesn't get anything solved. And all it does is create more jobs for the friends of these people that created the laws. Remember, as a great man once said, in tough times like this, it is always good to remember there have always been tough times like this. No, there's there's been some absolutely boons in this uh, in this in this country, and most of the time is when we had as least amount of government interference as possible. All right, sorry to get you worked up, big dog. We got to wrap up today's show, dog. The uh, final twenty seconds is yours. World Series going on tonight. Beautiful weather out there. Wrap it up, my friend, and we definitely have football Friday coming tomorrow. Uh, yeah, can't wait. We'll have our predictions ready tomorrow, so get three games against the spread and see if you can beat the Schmoes on Friday show. Who wins tonight, Giant or Ranger? Uh, tonight, the Giants win this game, too. Woo! 2-0. Wow. Wow. All right, dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. There it is. Big dog checking in. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late.